Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, see, all them people my age remember that song, right? Yeah, back in 1979, Molly Hatchet came out with their flirting album. And, and, you know, unfortunately, the reality is we've been flirting with disaster a long time. I mean, you dig through God's word, people have been flirting with disaster for a long time. And, and even in today's world, even as Christ followers, we still flirt with disaster. There's just something about it in our life. And, yep, so we're starting a new series this week, Flirting with Disaster, going to be a five-week series. And the reality of this is, is we all flirt with disaster at some point. We, we flirt with sin, um, some of us more than others. You know, some of us can admit, yeah, I flirt with sin, you know, on a daily basis. Um, and during this series, one of the things that we really want to look at it. And to help every one of us to understand is the realization that temptation is all around us. There's temptation in this world. It's all around us. Uh, it could be lust, could be greed, could be envy. You know, them are kind of the top ones that we deal with on a regular basis. And so hopefully uh, one of the things we'll learn is that through this series as we confront those, those temptations or those those flirting times that we spend, that we'll actually kind of learn some guardrails or, or some ways not to always be flirting with disaster or, or flirting in our sinful nature. Because unfortunately for most of us, we live on that line all the time. There's something about it. There's a, an excitement about it. Or, or we just think that, hey, we got it all together. We, we've got this together, and, and, and I know I may be flirting with it, but, but I know I'm not going to sin. The reality is we fall into it. We, we fall into that sin, and I think ultimately because flirting with sin can actually lead to disaster. If you're going to take that time, you're going to flirt with that sin in your life, it can actually lead to disaster, and I think it's very vital in our life that we actually take time to evaluate the importance of establishing safeguards in our life. Taking that time to realize that where we're at and, and as we're flirting with that sin or that sinful nature, that, that we put those boundaries in place so that we don't fall into the actual disaster. And, and I think every one of us is tempted differently. Every one of us Satan knows how to get to us. He knows what dangling lure to put in front of us to get us to take that bite. Um, I, I think by establishing safeguards that we can actually, it will help every one of us not fall into what Satan's trying to get us into. Falling into the schemes of him. Now, I've got a question for you guys this morning. 
Have you ever, you know, you, we watch these movies on TV and, you know, we, like Born Identity and the Born Ultimatum and, and you can tell I'm really into the Born series kind of thing. Read the books way before the movies came out. But have you ever felt like maybe someone's trying to get you? And you think about it, you, you're looking in your rear view mirror all the time, you take different ways to go home and, and you're kind of like, you know, it, it drives you into this paranoid state. Maybe you think you're being followed. Or you think, man, this person's out to get me. I don't know who they are, but, but I know they're out to get me. And, and you're trying to figure out, well, who is it and how are they going to do it? And, and you find out they know all this stuff about you. And, and you, you really, like I said, we get paranoid and we start trying to do things differently. Well, here's the reality. There is someone out there looking for you every day. There is someone out there following you on a regular basis. There is someone out there who is seeking to devour you. And that is the devil. He is seeking to destroy everything that you've done, everything you want to do. And, and as you're out there looking in that rearview mirror trying to avoid him, he's getting closer. He knows you very well. He knows where you're flirting with disaster. He knows what it's going to take to dangle that little lure in front of you to get you to react, to get you to do what you shouldn't be doing. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to start out today in 1 Peter chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew. But with that being said, let's go ahead and dig in this morning. Because I don't know about you, but I smell cooking outside and I'm ready to go eat. All right. So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 9, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. So the first thing we see here is Peter saying, the devil's like a lion. I think, you know, we, we, we worship this morning about the lion of Judah and how Jesus is compared to the lion. But it's interesting that in God's word, Satan or the devil is also they compare him to a lion also. And I think it's two totally different aspects of it. But realize that Satan is out to get us. He is prowling around out to get each one of us. Um, and, and as we're going through it, he wants to destroy your life. And, and we may say all the time, well, you know, the devil made me do it. Because that's an easy cop-out, right? Oh, well, the devil made me do it. Well, I knew what I was doing, but the devil's the one who made me do it. Well, no, the reality is you walked over to where he wanted you to be, and you fell into his trap. You flirted with disaster, and he pulled the cord on you. And ultimately, we may be able to say, oh, the devil made me do it. But the reality is, it's your own sinful nature. Each one of us has its own sinful nature inside of us. We live in this broken flesh. We live in in the human flesh, and ultimately our flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak, and that's where we kind of fall into it. 
But as anyone in life, it's so much easier to blame it on someone else, right? Man, it's so easy to go, well, the devil made me do it. You know, I got an angel on one shoulder, a devil on the other shoulder. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And the devil seems to talk louder sometimes. The reason he talks louder is he don't want you to hear what God's got to say. He, he wants you to continue down that path that's going to lead to destruction because as you're leading down that path, he's waiting to devour you. He is waiting to devour you because of the sin in your life. And, and we need to stand firm in what we're doing. I do think it's funny that, you know, here they, they talk about the devil being a roaring lion. Now, I do think there is some comparisons between or similarities between Satan and a lion. If you look, a lion is very forceful. A lion is 14 to 21 times stronger than a man. Think about that. 14 to 21 times stronger than we are. Well, the reality is, guess what? Satan is stronger than you as well. Satan is stronger than you, just like a lion. Um, we can't fight Satan on our own. In the book of Jude, the archangel Michael even did not try and provoke Satan. So now, if the archangel Michael won't provoke Satan, what makes us think that we can provoke Satan and actually win? You know, it takes more than us to do it. Lions are ferocious. Uh, I was doing his research, I was like, man, that's kind of crazy. A lion can consume 30% of its body weight at one sitting. Now think about that. Now, for me, over 200 pounds, that means I could actually eat 60 pounds worth of food at one sitting. I'd be in pain. I'm here. Now, bacon, I mean, I could try and eat 60 pounds of bacon. But, I mean, yeah, even last night we had Mission Barbecue, and I can't imagine eating 60 pounds of pulled pork at one sitting. That'd be a lot to consume. But here, a lion's able to consume that much. Um... We know they're considered, you know, king of the jungle. They're the king of all beasts. And, and when you look, or even as us, I know when I go to the zoo, I like going to the lion exhibit because there's this fear that comes with seeing the lion. But there's also a respect. There's a respect for how beautiful and graceful they are, but then realizing how strong and powerful they are, and they could basically, you're done. So we got to have that fear. we got to have that respect for him. And at the same time, we have to learn to have a respect for Satan, but we should never fear Satan. We should never fear who Satan is. We should never fear what he can do or wants to do in our life. But there needs to be a respect factor there because the reality is he can mess up your life. He can make you mess up your life that much more. So there should be this fear for him. Um, the other thing as far as with lions, you know, a lion's roar can be heard up to five miles away. Five miles away. Can you imagine being able to be loud enough that people could hear you five miles away? And, and, and they generally will do all their roaring at night. So you think about it, it's, it's pitch black outside and you hear this lion's roar. And, and what it's for is exactly that. It's to bring that fear into people's lives. Well, that's the same thing Satan does. Satan gives that roar to bring fear into the life of a Christian. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we hear that, 
and we get that fear from what Satan may be doing, it paralyzes our faith. And when our faith becomes paralyzed, that is when Satan is going to pounce. That's when he's going to attack. That's when he's going to do what he wants to do in your life. But God's Word tells us to stand firm. It tells us to, to stand firm against him, to, to resist him. Now you think about that, we're going to resist the devil, we're going to stand up against him, but the realization is we cannot do it alone. We, we cannot do it within our own power, but we've got to have this steadfast faith knowing that God's on our side. Believing that God's on our side. Knowing that in reality we can't do it on our own, but we need to stand firm in our faith as we, we deal with the schemes of Satan. I want to just encourage you, you know, we all know where Satan attacks us. We all know what he's trying to destroy in our own lives. But he's not just after your life. He's after your family, your friends, your loved ones. He is prowling around to devour anyone he can devour. Don't let him get you. Don't let him get your family. We need to resist. And part of that resisting we find actually in Ephesians chapter 6. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. Finally be strengthened by the Lord and by the vast, his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore with the truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Scripture points out how we need to stand against the devil's schemes. It also points out Satan is there. He is there. He's got schemes. He's going to try and ruin your life. He's going to try and ruin the life of your family your friends, and there's going to be a battle. The good thing is the battle's not against flesh and blood. Thank God for that because of the, the weakness of our bodies. You know, we can't stand against Satan in, in our flesh, but we can stand with him inside the spiritual realm, being firm in what we do, resisting Satan by putting on the full armor of God. And I find what's interesting is you know, most of us know that, you know, put on the full armor of God. Does the Bible ever tell us to take it off? No. But what do we do? We generally take it off, right? Uh, times are going bad, man. I need to put on the full armor of God. I'm fighting against Satan today. I'm going to put on my armor. And you put it all on and you're like, yeah, I'm ready. And then you kind of win that little battle and you start going through your life. And, man, this kind of. I need to take off this breastplate. 
Man, this helmet's kind of heavy. Man, I, I, these sandals are wearing me out. Oh, I don't need this sword right now. I don't need this shield. Then what happens? We, we take off the armor, and what we get them attacks. And then what do we do? we got to put it all back on again. It never tells us to take it off. We should have the full armor of God on at all times. Unfortunately, in our human self, we kind of rely on ourselves. We think we've got it figured out. Okay, man, I won that spiritual battle. I'm good. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. And then you kind of relax, and then you start to flirt with it again, and you start to get a little closer to that sin, and as you're flirting with it, all of a sudden you fall into it, and then what do you do? i got to put on the full armor of God again. And we do this over and over and over again. We consistently put it on, take it off. God's Word never tells us to take it off. But unfortunately, when we get to them parts in our life where, where we start, you know, it's just, it's another day, our life isn't going well, and we start to realize that, man, I just ain't got together. You know, and unfortunately, we, we take off that armor of God, and, and Satan's out there prowling around looking to devour us, and, and we kind of get this pressure on us that, you know, sometimes we just, God, I'm just not in it today. God, today's not my day. You know, I love you, Lord, but can I just stay home and take a nap? You know, Lord, I love you, but, but I just, I'm tired. I, I'm tired of being attacked. I'm tired of all this. It was so much easier, Lord, when I wasn't trying to do your work. Because if you ever notice that when you're not doing the work of God, your life's kind of easier. If you're full about kingdom business and you're doing what God calls you to do, you really feel those spiritual attacks. And then sometimes we get tired of it. Sometimes it's easier to be a non-Christian. Sometimes it's easier to just say, man, today is not my day. Because none of us want to wake up and fight with Satan every single day of our life. None of us want to get up and go through the grind each and every day knowing that he is seeking to devour us. But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do as Christ followers. We're called to be who he calls us to be. But man, sometimes it just seems like life jumped at us with two feet and just drove us into the ground. Now, if you go back to the beginning of these verses, it kind of gives you some safeguards. It gives you things that we should be doing in order to stay away from these schemes. You look back in verse 6, it told us to humble ourselves. So, so humble ourselves. You mean I got to be like nice? You mean I got to be like humble? You mean, you mean I, I, I can't care about myself? Doesn't that go against today's reality? In the world we live in today, everyone's seeking their own way. But God wants us to humble ourselves before him. He wants us to come to him, humbly do what he calls us to do, be obedient to his call on our life, and basically, some of the versions actually say to be clothed in humility. You think about being clothed into humility, it's actually like wearing the apron of a slave. And you're like, wow. Wear the apron of a slave. You mean I've got to serve everybody around me? Yes. That's what we're called to do. And as we come humbly before our Lord Jesus, 
and we humble ourselves, it puts us in the same position Jesus was in the upper room when he washed the feet of his disciples. He put on the apron of a slave. He put on that, that servanthood attitude that we have to do the same thing. If we're seeking to serve others, it allows us to actually initially come to him and humble ourselves. So we see we need to humble ourselves before him. We need to understand and accept his plan for us. Um, realize his plan is better than ours. Although we like to do what we want to do and we kind of make our own agenda for each day, the reality is God's plan is bigger than ours. And sometimes we need to let go of what we think we need and go with what God actually knows what we need and be obedient to what he calls us to do. So we need to surrender our will to him. Do what he calls us to do instead of trying to please ourselves. Next thing we need to basically cast our cares to him. It says cast. Um, cast all your cares. You notice it doesn't say cast some. It doesn't say, well, cast this care on the Lord. It says cast all. Now the problem is most of us think that we can handle things on our own. So we just, what, when something big comes up, we give the big stuff to God, right? He's a big God. He can handle the big things, and I can handle this little thing. And then that little thing becomes a big thing, and you wonder why you didn't give it to him in the first place. And, and that whole, the cast, the actual verb of cast, literally means it, it's throwing something. So take those cares and throw them to God. And it's a singular, it's not about taking them back, it's a one-time deal. Cast all your cares on him. Throw them to him, give them to him, and let them go. It's a one-time deal. The problem is, we kind of throw it like it's a Frisbee. Throw it up in the air and say, I'm giving it to God, and you wait for it to come back so you can catch it. It says throw all your cares to him. It doesn't say anything about taking them back. But, man, we like to take them back because we like what? We like to be in control. We, we want to control what we can control and, and do what we can do. And, 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 God, I know you're a big God. I know you can handle all this, but. You see, we all put that but in our life. And that but is what gets us in trouble. But I think I can handle this, God. Guess what? He says all his cares all our cares for a reason. We need to give him all of our cares. We need to give them to him from the smallest, littlest thing that we think we can handle. Give it all to him and continue moving with our life. Realize Jesus has placed an interest in our life. He is so interested in us and supplying for our needs and, and taking the, all of our cares and giving them to him. He was willing enough to go and die on a cross for you. He's invested in your life. He's invested in what you're going through in your life. Don't try and handle it on your own. Give it to him. Cast your cares to him and continue to move forward. Other thing we need to do is we need to strengthen our walk. Notice it said be sober-minded. Now, now sober-minded isn't not drunk-minded. Okay, it's not about being, don't be hungover-minded, but being sober-minded, being alert, being aware of what's going on inside your life. Um, 
being sober-minded and alert. It, it means we need to get serious. We need to get serious about some things in our life. We need to get serious about our relationship with Jesus and, and get serious about realizing that Satan is a real person and that he is out to devour your life. He is out there to mess you up. And as much as we may think that, hey, come on, Satan, I got you today, we're not powerful enough to do it ourselves. Yes, we can stand firm in our faith. Yes, we can resist him, but it takes more than us. And that's where it comes to having that faith, strengthening your faith in, with Jesus and, and realize Satan wants to make you miserable. He wants to ruin your life. And, and facing that reality that Satan is a real person. There's no confusion about is he or is he not real. You read in God's word. God talks about him. Jesus talks about him. He's in God's word. Guess what? That's enough for me to believe. That's enough for me to say, hey, devil must be real. And then as I go and I go through my life, I realize times that he has shown up to try and knock me off my course to try and pull me from where God's taken me, to try and get me to continue flirting with that sin that I end up in that disaster, that I end up where I shouldn't be because I was doing something I shouldn't have done. And when I do stuff I shouldn't do and be someplace I shouldn't have been, I end up in a disaster situation. And man, you think Satan smiles when that happens? I guarantee he is happy when you fall short. He is sitting back there smiling because guess what? I got you. You thought you were a good Christian. And then he starts putting that into your head. Oh, you think you're a Christian. Oh, you're not really a Christian. Well, the reality is we all fall short. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. But Satan will take that and use it against you to try and make you walk away from what God's got you doing. He is known as the adversary. He's the one who's going to try and pull you and separate you from God. He's our opponent. He's an enemy to us. Devil, he's a slander. He's an accuser. He is a liar. The problem is, he will be speaking so loud that we do not hear the voice of God. He will get so much into our business that he will be so loud that we don't even remotely think about the word of God. And all he's going to do is lie. The reality is this is the same Satan that attacked Job back in the Old Testament. And his plan really hasn't changed. You think about it in your own life. You, oh, the devil made me do it. Well, the reality is, like I said at the beginning, you did it. But here's the thing. He knows what you're gonna, where you're going to mess up. And he's going to come back with the same sin in front of you every single time. And the problem is, we're like that fish that sees that lure, shiny lure in front of his face. And we may not be hungry, but what do we do? We bite it. We take that bite. Because he knows what to dangle in front of each one of us. And each one of us is something different. He never changes. He doesn't change his M.O. He doesn't change the way he's going to do it. He just knows you well enough to know the bait to put in front of you. And it's amazing 
how we fall for the same bait over and over again. And he doesn't change. And the worst thing is, after we do, we're like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that again. God, I can't believe. I'm not going to do that again. Exactly. And then what happens? Oh, shiny, pretty. Oh, let me come over here. And Satan's just, come on. Like leading a, a hog to slaughter. Here, come on. It's amazing how you can get people and things to follow something. And we fall into the same thing, and that's why we can't do this in our own flesh and blood. Each of us needs to take that time and be aware of the schemes of the devil. Know that he is out there wanting to mess you up. He's wanting to take your life, steal your life, steal your joy and everything about you. He's out there to devour us and out there to devour everyone who's doing kingdom work. You know, one of the things I always found amazing is people be like, man, I just don't feel Satan attacking me. And I'm like, well, how can you not feel Satan attacking you? And then I got to thinking, well, you know, before I became a believer in Jesus, I don't think I ever realized Satan was attacking me. But the reality is when you start doing kingdom business, and you start doing what God calls you to do, you better be ready. Because he's coming. And he's sending all his minions with him. And it ain't going to be just one. It's going to be multiple, one after another after another, coming after you, trying to destroy, trying to kill, trying to steal everything you're doing when you're about his business. And that's where it takes every one of us to be strong, to stand firm, to resist him, to put on that full armor of God, knowing that we're going into battle. Knowing that each and every day that you're awake, your eyes are open, your feet hit the floor. When my hit, feet hit the floor, I want Satan to say, oh no, he's awake. I want him to know I am coming into this battle. I'm coming prepared. I'm coming with my Lord and Savior. I'm bringing his word I'm bringing everything I have, and I'm going to continue to move forward in what God called me to do. I'm not going to shy away. I've said it before. I've always said I'm going to be biblically correct instead of politically correct. I don't care what the world has to say. I'm always going to preach God's word. I'm always going to do what God calls me to do. I'm going to be obedient. You know what? I'm going to take them attacks. I'm going to take them, and I'm going to continue to move forward because as long as I'm being attacked, I know I'm doing what God wants me to do. Because there's a reality that comes from doing what God calls you to do. Now, if you're one of them, man, I go to church every Sunday. I read his word every day. And I just don't feel them attacks. Well, coming to church don't make you a Christian. Reading God's word don't make you a Christian. Just coming to church, sometimes people, I've said it before, it's just that checklist. I went to church on Sunday. And then you left church and you went right back to that lifestyle that you were living. You went right back to doing what it is you wanted to do. And you're living that same lifestyle that Satan's got a hold of you. And he allowed you, okay, here, I'm going to give you this hour and 15 minutes to go to church, but you're mine when you come back out. And many of us live that life all the time. You know, you're telling people they're number one. 
and I don't mean number one. You know, out there coming into church, beating the kids on the way to church. Y'all remember that, right? I remember that as a kid. Don't you act up in church. And all mom had to do is give you that evil eye in church. You know, and then, well, praise the Lord. Okay, yeah, praise the Lord. My butt still hurts from the whooping I got on the way here. But we play Christian, but all we're doing is allow Satan to win. We're allowing the schemes of the devil to ruin our lives. And, and we play this game with him, and he'll play the game all day long. He'll let you flirt with disaster. He'll let you flirt with that sin. Because as long as he's got you flirting with it, he's got a hold of you. He's got a hold of you and knows where you're going to end up. But each one of us, you know, we need to cast all of this to the Lord. We need to take time, spend time in his presence. Spend time with the Lord. Resist the devil. Cast everything that we have, all of our cares, onto the Lord. And most importantly, seek his face. You want to hear the voice of God? You've got to know what his voice sounds like. And you're only going to get that voice by spending that time with him, reading his word, getting deep into his word, and truly looking for what he wants out of your life. The devil is just seeking to devour. Anyone in here want to be devoured today? The only thing I want to devour is some hamburgers and hot dogs outside. And I know there's some potato salad and some different things, and, you know, I'm kind of getting hungry up here. Got to thinking about, you know, how much a lion, 30% of its body weight it can consume in one time. I might have to try and consume, you know, 60 pounds worth of food out there. Patty will have to roll me home, but that's okay. But the reality is we all fall into that. We fall into our own comfort. We fall into what we want, what we think we need, and Satan is just waiting. We need to take those steps, be obedient to what God calls us to do. Don't let Satan win. Don't let Satan win on you. Because flirting with sin can lead to disaster. And we've all been there at some point in our life. And it's vital that we take that time and evaluate the, the importance of establishing safeguards into our own life. We, we need to put those safeguards in. And, and those safeguards are exactly that, being humble. Taking that time in front of the Lord. Being a servant. Casting our cares to Him. And working on that relationship. Being sober-minded and alert. Be aware of your surroundings. If you were honestly being followed by somebody and you thought, man, there's a hit out on my life, you are going to be aware of your surroundings wherever you go. And too many times in our life, we walk with blinders on, not paying attention to anything, and Satan is just scheming all around us, ready to catch us. Just waiting for us to fall into his trap and fall into the sin of our life. Every one of us will be tempted differently. 
But I think by establishing those safeguards, it's going to help every one of us avoid that allurement, avoid that lure that Satan's putting in front of us and eliminate the schemes that he's trying for each of us. And ultimately, every bit of this starts with a relationship with Jesus. Without a relationship with Jesus, you're trying to fight this battle alone. You're trying to to win a war against a a spiritual war, and you have no spirituality. You've got no one to be on your side. It it starts with that relationship with Jesus. And, And you can't cast your cares to him if you don't know him. And there may be someone in this room who's saying exactly that. Well, Pastor, I, I don't know this Jesus. I've heard about him. I, I've kind of read and I've kind of dabbled a little bit here and there. And, you know, but I don't have that relationship. And, and Pastor, you just don't know my life. Man, Satan's had a hold of me for a long time. And, and I kind of enjoy that life, but I know I need to change. But, but I need to get myself right first. You know, God's never going to accept me the way I am. Well, here's a reality for you. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So the odds are pretty good that 99.9, actually 100% of the person sitting next to you is a sinner just like you. Think about that. The person sitting next to you is a sinner just like you. And vice versa, that's right. So don't be looking going, yeah, you're a sinner. Mm-hmm, guess what? So are you. It's basically looking inside a mirror. Because every one of us are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And guess what? I'm your pastor. I'm a sinner. I fall short of the glory of God. Now, my sin is not the same sin I used to have, thank God. But I still fall short. Satan still dangles that lure in front of me. And and there's times I get hooked. There's there's times I'll bite onto it and he goes to set that hook and I remember who I am and I'm able to spit that lure out. Some of us hold on way too tight. We're all sins, we all fall short of the glory of God. So don't think you're going to get it right first. The the next thing it says that, that God, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God loved you enough to send Jesus to the cross while you were still a sinner. So he died on a cross for you, knowing the sin in your life, knowing what you're doing today, knowing the sin you had yesterday, and here's the reality. He knows the sin you're going to do in the future that you don't even know about yet. And he willfully went to a cross to die for you. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. It starts by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're going to accept him as your Lord and Savior, it means you need to humble yourself before him. Be willing to not only serve Jesus, but be willing to serve the people around you. So I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, uh, during our final song, There'll be some prayer partners up front. You can come up here, and they'll pray with you and for you, and you can lock it down today. You could know that I got Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and and I'm going to start winning these battles against Satan. 
You're not going to win all of them. You're still going to lose some of those battles with Satan. You're still going to lose some battles with sin. The difference is Jesus as your Lord can bring you that forgiveness. We can win our battles because we're covered with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now, there's, maybe you're here and you're like, man, Pastor, I'm, I'm in the battle. I'm in the battle. I lost my full armor of God and I'm losing to this sin in my life. Well, same thing during this final song. There'll be prayer partners up here. You can come up here and they will pray with you and for you. Don't leave here today not knowing Jesus and don't leave here today losing the battle against the schemes of the evil one. Come in here today. Put on that full armor of God. Do not take it off. Be with your brothers and sisters in Christ and let them pray with you and for you and let's be conquerors in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come today and we thank you. We thank you for all that you do in our lives and, and we thank you that even when we fall short that you still love us. Lord, we know that the, the devil is real. Lord, he is out there prowling and just looking to devour us. Lord, he doesn't only want to devour us, he wants to devour our families and our being. Lord, help us to resist. Help us to resist Satan. Help us to resist his schemes. And Lord, help us to resist the sin that he dangles in front of us. And Lord, it's never easy. But we know it wasn't easy for you to go on a cross for us. So, Lord, be with us as we go through this day, we go through this week, and as we continue this series, Lord, that we will see in our own life where we're flirting with disaster, where we're flirting with sin, and we will make those changes and make those guardrails or whatever we need in our life so that we don't fall short, that we don't fall in to disaster and that we will remain in your grace. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.